Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcasts and blog. We would like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer or to endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone, especially those not intended to listen. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivatives. Today is March 13th. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Jim. Let's, uh, let's talk about these oil markets. Um, uh, let's get right into it. The, uh, I want to start with the uh, EIA um, uh, came out with their monthly uh, short-term energy outlook uh, yesterday, and uh, they trimmed uh, world consumption by 60,000 barrels for this year and 80,000 for next year. And, um, what's, what's your take on that? Well, I think those are really minor you know, 60,000 barrels a day versus 100 million is, is, is really not a big, you know, not a big deal. Uh, I think it's important that so far I, we're going to learn from the IEA and OPEC what, tomorrow and Friday what, where their numbers come in. But we, we really haven't seen these demand numbers being radically uh, revised downward given all the hand-wringing that was in the market you know, over the last last year about uh, the, the economic slowdown. And, and in fact, you know, the U.S. numbers are, are so far have been, coming in, have been coming in pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're showing a growth of about, what, a million, 1.45, you know, million barrels of growth for 2019. And, I, you know, that's, that's a pretty Global. good number. Yeah, Glo- globally, a, globally, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the U.S., I think they have up like 200,000. I think China, they have up, is it 400,000? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, up 200. Um, where is China? Yeah, China, China is up as well. Yeah, the, the sort of the obligatory up 470,000 for China this year and 480 for next year. Right, right. Yes. So, yeah, I think that's a, a story that we've heard that, um, you know, and, and there's also um, the EIA had a piece of the correlation numbers for the price of crude oil versus the S&P 500, which, which of course, is this, is this demand story going on. So um, it's, the correlation is, you know, it's getting up there. I think um, it's around 30, 38, something like that. The 30-day correlation is up to 38. So that's, you know, that's sort of what we, we're hearing from the news. But what you're saying is that we're not actually seeing any de- really sharp decline in demand. Not yet. Of course, that that can certainly change. You know, the market is uh, awaiting uh, what happens with, with Brexit and the, the trade talks, et, et cetera, et cetera. It's interesting talking about these correlations that even though, you know, we haven't seen the, the actual numbers come off, you know, the market has a tendency to really get hit when there's bad news on the uh, on the macro front. Right. Um, you know, you, you're like, it's seemingly we're automatically down, down a dollar. 
you know, with any, uh, you know, with any bad news. And I think even though the fundamentals have really, you know, they've really improved, obviously, given the price action since late December, you know, you still have this, um, like, it's a, sort of a, you know, it's a bear trap almost. Yeah. Uh, buying it, you're looking good, you're happy, you know, and then, whew, you know, you're down a dollar. Maybe, Jim, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen all that much uh, speculative action in, the, in this market. That, you know, people just got caught on the wrong side. Yeah. 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 Because, I, I mean, coming out of the OPEC meeting last year, we, we thought that the market would stabilize. And um, I guess there was, uh, th- the market reacted to the overhang uh, that was out there and, uh, and the stock market decline. And there might have been a couple of um, uh, traders that were long, hedgers too, that, that had to liquidate. There was a couple stories in there. So, um, yeah, obviously it was, for 2020 hindsight, it was overdone on the downside. But, yeah, um, way overdone on the downside. But even now, you know, you get, you, you get, some really bad trading days, you know, where the market just gets, you know, just gets whacked. Yeah. And you, you certainly don't want to watch the um, financial news because it's, it's an, oh my God world. I mean, it's every, everything is, you know, it's the, the worst, worst day for crude in the last uh, two weeks, you know, you right. Say, <laughs> right? right. And, and also the, you know, what do I, the, the bias for, for equities is that, a day up is good and a day down is bad. But for, for commodities, you can easily short as you can go long. So, you know, if, if you're saying oil had its best, best two months in a long time, how do they, how do they know I'm long oil? You know? That's, that's exactly, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. Anyway, um, let's look at the, the IEA also trimmed world supply by, you know. The EIA, the EIA. I'm sorry. Get them mixed up. The Energy Information Agency, the U.S. DOE's uh, stats arm, showed a decline of world supply for this year of 320,000. Uh, uh, sorry, they trimmed their forecast this month from last month by 320,000 barrels a day. So that's coming out of the U.S. and OPEC. And uh, what's, what's your take on that? Well, uh, the U.S. number was, a, a, I think, a trim of what was it a hundred a day? Yeah. Um, you know, they still have it up like around 1.4 million barrels a day. Maybe some of that, uh, I think, you know, the revision downward, there, there was a lot of, um, there, there was a story in the, I think it was a wall street journal about the, uh, parent child wells, uh, not coming, hurting the, the parent production. Maybe, maybe they put, uh, that in their models, uh, rig counts have been down. Maybe, maybe that was in there. Uh, that's in the models, but you know, we're, we're still growing pretty, you know, there's still pretty good growth. And as we'll talk about later, um, we're really going to need that. You know, we're going to need us producers to come through when you start looking at what the, uh, you know, what the balances are going forward. So, you know, we, we certainly need our, our production. The other, uh, amazing thing is that um, the EIA predicted that we're going to be a net petroleum exporter by, I think it was fourth quarter of next of 2020. Yes, um, you exactly. know, which I think for you and me, Jim, it's just like so. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, some people. If you listen to some of the politicians, they think it's already happening, but it's but it, it may have happened for a month or so last year or something. But right. On a regular basis, that like you said, the EIA is looking for 
uh, fourth quarter 2020, where we become uh, net or exporters of uh, crude oil and petroleum products. Now, in, in the same report, in the, in the short-term energy outlook, uh, they did show crude stocks growing quite a bit in uh, second quarter. But you know what? Yesterday, or today, the, the EIA came out, and, and the weeklies came out with a draw of uh, 3.8, owing to larger, owing to smaller net imports. Imports were down, exports were, were okay, uh, and they revised production down. So if you look at day supply on U.S. crude, which is stocks divided by demand, it's only 28.2 days versus a four-year average of, of 30 days. So we, we probably will build stocks coming up as production, as production grows, but we're going to start from a lower level. So you know, I, I thought this week's report was pretty bullish. I thought the EIA report the short-term energy outlook was, you know, sort of neutral uh, for, for U.S. balances. So um, they, they did trim their inventories, as you, you know, it's a, uh, as you mentioned. The, the rig count also they mentioned in their, in their, uh, in their um, uh, monthly. Um, let's, let's focus in on uh, OPEC production, Andy. I mean, you, uh, after the meeting, you know, you thought that, uh, Saudis would do exactly what they said. Now it took a little while for the market to catch up to that. <laughs> right, uh, right. But uh, <laughs> what's what? What do you see? Let's let's talk about the Saudis first of all. What what do you think is going through there? Uh, what's what's their policy going forward? Do you think that's a great question, Jim? Yeah, as always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that you know the entire oil market would love you know would love the answer to that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what's you your know, take on? They, they some, went. They they went from you know they increased production in fourth quarter at the behest of the uh, Trump administration who was telling them that they were going to force the Iranians to to go down to zero on uh, on exports they quickly had to do it about face because they realized a the Trump administration granted waivers so there was going to be a, a global surplus owing to their increase in uh, in November production, and then it took them a few months to get down. They said they were going to get down to 10 million and then even lower, 9.798, you know, by uh, by March. And I, I think when the March numbers come in, you know, that's around, they'll, they'll probably be around 9.8, which is down 1.2 from, from November. So the big question, obviously, is today at Sierra Week, Brian Hook, who, who is working at State Department, uh, I guess he's Assistant Secretary of State, or um, I, I actually don't know his title, but he, he's the one working on the, uh, on the Iranian sanctions, said that the U.S. Uh, wants to see Iranian exports go to zero. So if it does, you know, right now it's about 1.3. I don't think it'll ever go to zero, Jim. Right. But let's say it goes down another half million to 700, you know? Yeah. What are the Saudis going to do? Are they going right. to Are they going to increase? I, I don't know. They're not giving a lot of indication that they, that they want to. Yeah, that, you know, it gives me an, uh, time to bring up, you know, kind of where I spend some of my time in the world of options because the um, if you think about the next OPEC meeting is April seventeenth, April sixteenth. The the May options go off the board the day before the. Uh, meeting takes place. And then, yeah, they, t they go off the 16th. So, and then the sanctions 
decision will be made early May. Is it May 4th, maybe May 5th, something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it's around May 4th. Yeah. So June options are alive for that. So if you look at the volatility difference, you know, June is over May. In fact, June through Dece, um, it's, it's kind of a, the, the vol curve is, is in um, a, a bit of contango. So uh, the market, even though I mentioned vols have come down sharply this year, um, the rest of the option market is saying uh, this is maybe a, the calm before the storm, you know, so uh, we'll keep, keep an eye on that. Uh, also, the other thing is the option volume is really, it's like 40% below last year at this time year to date. And vols coming into this year, we're up in the 50s. Now they're below 30. So that's, that's yeah. So, so there's, you know, trying to, I'm trying to figure out if, uh, if we've actually lost some permanent volume from the, from the moves of last year, uh, you know, we had a wild natural gas market that blew out some option sellers. Uh, we had this extended move down in crude oil, and it looks like we lost at least maybe some speculative activity, but, um, you know, maybe even hedgers are, you know, worried about or, or just not confident in, in um, where to place hedges as well. I think you're right. I mean, the, the, certainly the press was filled with uh, a lot of big funds that, that closed last year uh, in commodities. You know, as, I don't think anybody had that move down to 42. You know, no. Most of no. us were bullish, including you and me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, a lot of it came, came down to, um, you know, a change in, uh, you know, what the, what the geopolitics were in terms of, of where you know, where Iran came in as well as the, you know, the overriding macro fears really tended to exacerbate the, the move down, uh, you know, trade talks, the Fed, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think, that, I think there probably is a lot, of, a, lot less spec, a lot less spec activity. Yeah, so, yeah, last year at this time we were talking about the tightness of that was going to come in the fourth quarter. So you had all this concentration of uh, people buying $100 calls in WTI and in Brent. And, um, you know, open interest got up to like 50000 on each, something like that. And you, we don't have anything over 30000 in open interest. And when I look at the, um, like the top 10 calls, the DEES, 20, uh, DEES 2020 and the DEES 2019 $100 calls are still in the top 10. And I don't think they've been trading, you know, they haven't traded significantly since, you know, a, maybe a couple quarters ago. So, you know, it, it just tells you there's not a lot going on in the, in the world of uh, options. I mean, it's still over 100,000 contracts a day, but that's nothing compared to what. Yeah, nothing compared to what's done what, but but what that but that may change i mean like we got we have some really uh, potentially um market moving events coming up the opec meeting and and the and the sanctions uh decision so you, right. you think uh, uh, let's get back to opec because yes. there's you know look what's going on I mean, libya in december lost their biggest field. It's coming back now, uh, thankfully, because the market's going to need that. Actually, it doesn't really need it because it's sweet crude. We lost Ven Venezuela is just, you know, continuing to, to cycle down. Now there are blackouts, which means they, they can't produce. Uh, storage is filling up. They can't find ships. So, um, you know, the, the one million, they're, they're producing like 1.1 million barrels a day. 
you know, that could easily go another, go down another two, three, four hundred thousand barrels a day. So you know, Not, the, Libyan, the, Libyan, the Libyan barrels will replace that. But again, the Libyan barrels are sweet. We really need sour crude. Right. And uh, just an aside, um, I had heard a uh, podcast like in the middle of last year, was it, where the, the uh, Venezuela, some Venezuelans were uh, crypto mining and, and they were um, exchanging the cryptocurrency for uh, food at, at, out of Miami. And um, that's because the uh, power prices were subsidized very low, uh, but they were intermittent. And now with these blackouts and, and also the price of uh, crypto uh, coins is way down. I'm not sure that uh, apparently the, the police found out about it and didn't shut them down. They just asked for a, for, they just put a sort of a local tax on them. And, uh, but I'm, I'm sure that's not working anymore. It doesn't work economically anymore either, but. You know, another another OPEC producer to watch, of course, is Nigeria, where the the Delta Ventures, which is a terrorist group, threatened to um, threatened to destroy some production facilities if the uh, current president was reelected, and he was. So that that's you know yet another one to watch. So you know, obviously, there's a, there's a lot going on in uh, in OPEC. Among in terms of the deal. You know, OPEC, thanks to the Saudis, uh, has pretty much adhered to the adhered to the deal. And then, of course, there's, a, there's the geopolitical cutbacks. So OPEC production since November, you know, is, is down like a million and a half barrels a day. Amazing. It it really is amazing. And you know, you know, Jim, I like to look at those call call on OPEC crude. Yes. And, um, right now, it looks like call on OPEC crude or the demand for OPEC crude for the first half of this year is, is very close to where their production is right now. Mm. Um, plus or minus, you know, a couple of hundred thousand barrels a day. So, you know, the market looks really, it looks very tightly balanced. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you, when, when the markets are balanced, you see a decline in market volatility. And then when it's, you know, we're producing more than we need is when the markets get really riled with all that's going on. We can actually see, you know, increased volatility in a balanced market because it's, you know, maybe the Saudis overshoot or, you know, it, uh, but well, and maybe these, a lot of it has to do with U S policy too, but um, uh, there's a lot going, it, it might not be um, counter, you might not get one one bullish surprise and then one bearish surprise. It might be all in one way, but we'll have to right. see how that unfolds. Let's um, should we talk about gasoline now? Gasoline, yeah, yeah, because story because ga what's gasoline cracks have improved. What's what's going on there? Dramatically improved because um, first of all, U.S. here. First of all, gasoline. You know, looked like I think in our, you know, one of our winter, you know, either December, or January monthlies or February, you know, I think I was probably saying, oh my God, gasoline really looks, <laughs> it looks like it could go right down the tubes. And, you know, what, what happened is that these turnaround, getting out of turnarounds is taking forever. So production for gasoline is, is um, you know, it, it is down. Demand is, demand is okay. And, and as a result, you know, we're, we're drawing stocks. Um, and, Pad one is tightened up, you know, it's gone, it's backwardated. 
certainly the cracks have, have improved, the, the refinery cracks, the real cracks, you know, besides the NYMEX cracks, the, the real refinery margins are, you know, made a big rally from uh, like the January lows. They're beginning to stagnate here, but, you know, gasoline in, in day's supply is only, is at 27 and a half or like versus the four-year average of 26.8. So that's half a day. It was like, I don't know, three, four days above a few months ago. Right. So um, gasoline is, is definitely, uh, definitely improving. Globally, you know, the, the big question is where are we going on demand? You know, that, I think for 2019, demand will grow globally for gasoline. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to rip roar, but, you know, it's, it should be growing. And the, um, we're run, the runs were like 16 million today that came yeah. out, right? And then what, uh, what do you think they're, I mean, are they going to continue? It should be like 16.4, 16.5 by now. Wow. So, you know, we're, we've had all, you know, we've had problems, extended turnarounds weather related stuff you know refinery issues exports have been have been running pretty good and as i said you know demand has been demand has been okay it looks like it may even be growing over last year so far yeah big, amazingly um so so, so the- another thing another hand wringing thing you know for all you know the electric vehicle obviously is a major major factor but you know, it's not going to be 2019, I don't think, you know, or probably 2020. Right. It's not yet. It's but, not yet. But ethanol, maybe. <laughs> yeah, ethanol, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, ethanol, maybe. And um, diesel, just looking at looking at diesel, you know, that, that seems to have stabilized around 136 million barrels. The day supply is 34 and a half versus a four-year average of 36.6, two days lower, so not you know it, it, that that was much lower late last year and, and early this um you know diesel's diesel is going to be about the, econ- the economy and the IMO 2020 and that's a whole nother podcast that we're not going to talk about right now right <laughs> right um just backing up a little bit let's talk about uh WTI um prices you know cushing uh, there's been a couple of uh, pipeline, uh, w- one pipeline that's been uh, switched from using natural gas to uh, take crude oil into out, out of uh, Midland into uh, Cushing, and there's been another pipeline. Same thing happened. Natural gas was was used for uh, NGL, now used for crude oil into the uh, Gulf Coast from uh, Midland. And what's 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 that? Is that affecting prices? Have, or is there other things going on? What, yeah, uh, no, it's definitely price? affecting prices because, well, there's a couple of things going on. One is the, the sour crude is, is just tough to find. And we're seeing some of, these, some of these sour barrels, you know, really command big premiums. But even the sweet, like LLS, you know, is way over uh, Cushing. Um, Cushing inventories have grown, uh, you know, grown pretty dramatically. Because again, because turnarounds uh, in in pad two have been have been prolonged, um, so as a result, you know we're, we're seeing Cushing Cushing stocks build. So you have mid continent weak, and the the ports you know pretty strong because of uh, export you know export demand. Uh, I think we hit a record at some point in the last few weeks, and we're going to continue to 
increase on, uh, you know, on exports. At the same time, again, you know, the, the refiners are going to have to figure out, okay, you know, the margins now, sour crude is so expensive that the margins aren't that good. They may end up, you know, running, running more sweet. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, those differentials will, uh, you know, will, will weaken. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be a pretty interesting, it's always interesting, but it's pretty interesting to see what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, you know what they what they're going to run and what what crudes are uh, you know going to be in are going to be in demand. So um, let's talk about price movement going forward. Um, we had sharp decline as you mentioned late last year. I think it was December twenty fourth. Um, market rallied. Um, what, let's talk about uh, crude oil. What do, what do you think from here? Given what's still- ahead. Yeah, I, I, I think there's still some upside. I mean, we were we were we had been talking about potential for sixty dollars WTI, maybe not in December when it was making new lows, but I think in, in one of in some of the monthlies and certainly in, in our monthly report. So I you know, we're not that far from it. We're we're not that far from it now. Uh a lot of the balances are gonna depend on as we said, it's a geopolitical market. So, you know, we're we're gonna we're obviously going to be following what's going on with the, um, you know, with the, the, the waivers, what the Saudis do. You know, the market could go significantly higher right. know, if, if production doesn't, you know, let's say we don't cut, you know, U.S. production doesn't come through and, you know, the Saudis keep, you know, keep at like nine, nine, six, nine, eight. You know, we also, Brazil, Brazil is supposed to grow, non-OPEC production is supposed to grow a lot this year. Uh, owing mostly to us and Brazil, uh, right? So we'll see if Brazil, you know, co- comes through. So I, th- I think that, you know, I, I sort of still like the upside, but the, there's, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there are there are those bear traps there, Jim. Yeah, you know, they're all over the place. Yeah. So it's it's a tough, you know. I like it higher, but you know, you got to be nimble. Got to be nimble. Okay, so what about uh, you? Met you talked about gasoline prices. What about going forward? Do you think they're still going to do well? I mean, they're going to hang. Yeah, I, I think I think we may be seeing. You know, this is a nice preseason rally. You know, I, I because for the you know runs are going to go up. You know, they're going to go up from sixteen to seventeen over. You know, seventeen two three four, and we'll make more gasoline. Demand will go up, but um, a little. You know, we may we may be seeing a you know nice spring rally right right here, and uh, diesel. You know, if the economy hangs together, I, that too could have could have some upside. But you know, you start getting some, you know, you, you start getting some bad news on uh, the trade talks, or uh, you know, we, we slow further globally. You know, diesel uh, diesel could be a factor, but I mean, could be. You know, diesel could be under some pressure, but again, we will talk more about this IMO 2020. Right. But that's, that's like another outlier for, uh, for diesel. Yes. So all in all, I don't know about diesel. <laughs> right, right. There's another wild card. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, anything else you want to add to what we uh, talked about today? What, what are we... Um what are we missing here? I think we covered it pretty well. I think we covered it pretty well. I do want to add that if, if you're interested in getting our uh, monthly report, you can find us on, on uh, 
on our, go to our website, which is brand new. It's really good. Jim posts some great stuff on there every day, www.commodityresearchgroup.com. Or if you want to get a hold of me, a Lebow, A-L-E-B-O-W, at commodityresearchgroup.com. Great. Thanks, Andy. Talk to you next month. Thank you, Jim.